Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, this is Raheem Gulamli with my other session of My Two Cents podcast. Uh, this week, I have a really special guest, uh, my good friend, Gabriel. Gabriel, can you introduce yourself? Absolutely. First of all, thanks for this invitation, Raheem. Um, it's, it's super exciting to be here at Two Cents, talking to people about a lot of things. I'm a marketing specialist with over 15 years of experience um, I've been working with Silicon Valley companies for a while now. Um, and today uh, we are going to talk about the value proposition and how to build human connection and how those things are absolutely connected to have um, good culture and then to deliver great results for any company worldwide. Cool. So for, for the guys who know me and, and many of you do, we have uh, uh, lots of people in our audience are people I've been working with uh, in the past. Uh, value propositions are generally used to um, identify the need for a certain product or solution you as a company are developing. You want to know if it actually solves uh, issues for your clients and ultimately you will use those value propositions to build personas, etc., etc. But in my transformations, I always have used the value propositions uh, within my teams and within the organization, because I think it's really important that everyone within the organization is thinking about how they add value towards the people they serve. And Gabriel has a really cool, cool vision on that one. Um, but what's your two cents basically on that value proposition? How do you use it within your team? And how do you make sure that, that team members are really thinking about who they're working for and not the job themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first thing about value proposition is that we are used to implement that using the academic concepts that we learned in college um, or in the market itself. But now, after the digital transformation, we need to understand that value proposition is a why. Why people should do business with you. People should do business with you um, because you're solving one of their pains. Maybe they don't know that they have those pains yet, but um, is, is the job of a good marketeer and um, of a good company represented by a good CEO um, where you can understand those pains and then show people that those pains don't need to be pain anymore, that they are going to be solved by this amazing equation that is a lot of people going to the same direction, um, working with the same values um, to improve the customer experience. That's why we now have the customers, the customer centric companies. All companies should be uh, customer centric. Mm -hmm. um, back in the days, I'm not gonna say how old I am, but I'm old enough. Back in the days, I remember that every time um, you'd go to a store, um, there would be a sign saying, the client is always right. Customer is always right. Um, now, um, we are reviewing the way it is written, but it's the same purpose. Because when you go into these niche companies, talking about startups, um, I'm the CEO of a digital marketing agency, um, and we've been growing so fastly in the last two years, and mostly because what we do is actually talk to 
our customers and, and understand what are their needs and then see how we can be their partners more than providers because providers are something too old fashioned. Um, every time someone does business with any company, you're not dealing with one person. You're dealing with a value proposition. You're dealing with something that's bigger than any figure within the company. Um, and that's the new market, guys. That's the way we need to go if we want to prevail. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree fully. Uh, I think that that um, value propositions are at the core of everything you do. And as long as you keep adding value towards the needs of your clients. And again, people, we're not only talking about clients in respect of your clients who buy stuff from you. Do you know how many internal clients you have within your organization? If you are in the service organization, do you know that an account manager on the other side is buying a certain value from you? He expects, he or she expects a certain value from you. And when you really get to grasp on that value proposition you are delivering, but continuously think on how you can improve that, that's where you are starting to get towards a, a bit of a game changer perspective. Now, um, Gabriel and I are both uh, into value propositions and, and and trying to understand how we can continuously add value. Uh, we talked about that developing high-level executives within organizations. And I'm, I'm really curious on your take on that because in my experience when working with value propositions and aiming that my team gets more diverse in their thinking, more creative, I call it corporate entrepreneurship. I want them to be the entrepreneurs in their jobs. Um, that's not a sinecure if you look at leadership within organizations. Yes. Um, so we are now dealing with leaders that has no experience in leadership. This is the first time in human history that we have leaders that are younger than their CEOs, than their presidents and vice presidents. Um, and that's that's something that it is a game changer for two special reasons. The first one is that we always have the bad side. The bad side is that, that as they don't have management experience, they don't have the skill set, the tools to develop people and to do things um, that needs to be done because half of their job is actually to engage people into the company's values and to the value proposition that they are offered to their customers. Mm -hmm. um, but the good thing is that they are like blank canvas. They can learn and they, they can actually teach us back how to make things in the right way, looking at people and developing this human connection that has been lost for so long um, since the industrial revolution, basically, <laughs> um, we lost human connection when doing business um, because industry is actually um, what brought us to this point and it's, it's necessary, we need industry, but the way we build up the connections between workers and companies, um, they need to be better because happy people deliver better results. And that's the most important part of it. Actually, I have one or two stories to tell you guys about it. Um, some examples on when that failed and when that succeeded. 
Um, but again, um, that's for startups, for new companies. But for the most traditional companies, we still have a leadership team that is structured in a way where human connection is not their main job, their main work, or their main skill. Um, I always say that Miranda Priestley from, from Devilware's Prada, mm -hmm. um, she delivered results. But that's not the kind of leader that we need right now. Um, Anna Winter herself, um, the main director at Vogue, um, which is um, the, the person who um, Miranda Priestley was, um, was um, focused to, to represent, um, she's no longer the person that she was 20 years ago. And fashion is a tough market. Um, I always use fashion. We do have some, some fashion clients and it is a tough market because uh, mm -hmm. people change their ideas and you don't have custom fidelization anymore. So people go for what they feel like it. And this is amazing. That's why you need to keep bringing value proposition. Uh, but you make this the, the longest story short. Um, the first thing that I would do when joining or being a part of a, a company would actually understand how the leadership is formed. Um, what does the CEO, the president says about human connection, about values itself? Um, does the company is um, directed by their, by their values? What happens when those values are no longer available, are no longer valuable, or if they change because they need to change because the market changes? Um, and after doing that, talk to peers, understand um, lead, lead is the history, man, what happened before you joined, and then you can see how you're going to manage. If you just joined a company that's brand new with new values, those are going to change fast <laughs> because those are extremely conceptual. And if it is a company that's traditional, yeah. those are probably not going to last forever, but they are going to last for long. Well, I think I think that there's a, there's an, uh, another capture on this one because we um, uh, I like to talk about values of organizations, um, your personal values, how they fit within the organization, etc. Uh, the 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 thing is that traditionally we still try to target our people based on revenue, uh, cost base, EBITDA, the high level KPIs. What I've noticed in the in the last years mm -hmm. I've been leading quite large teams is that all those KPIs, they do not resonate. And I'm going to tell you why uh, they don't resonate. Um, I, with my team as custom director, customer experience at the time, had uh, an objective to achieve a certain renewable rate. Uh, we had a recurring revenue. Um, if you look at attrition and delusion, and for people who don't know what attrition and delusion is, attrition and delusion is the a comparison between uh, losing a client at the end of the contract period, which is attrition, or dilution, which means that the contract value upon renewal is lower than it initially was. Yeah, here comes the product development and innovations within your organization. Uh, but see it like that. If you buy a beautiful car, you go to the Volkswagen dealer, you buy the new IQ something. I don't know if it's IQ, but it's an I electrical car. It's beautiful. But after a year, let's say the first few weeks, you're in the honeymoon week. You love it. You love that car. It's beautiful. It does all crazy stuff. It, it keeps a distance. Two weeks later, you get into a traffic jam and it drives you. 
really cool. One month later, just a car just drives you. So after a year, that, that value of that car, and it's not about the value in worth. Of course, the car will be worth less after a year, but it's the value in your perception. It declines drastically. Now, if you look at executives, and this is a question I have for you, yeah, and uh, I can answer the question myself, but I think uh, you will have a good answer on that one. What I see in the, in, the, in the mentoring I'm doing is that a lot of the executives I'm working with are hard targeted by equity, by investors, by whatever the boards, on that hard number. And that's their focus. We need to cut costs. We need to go from survival to thriving. Or how do we do that? But not many of them are humanizing their KPIs. And with humanizing, I mean defining KPIs which empower people to go above and beyond. Instead of KPIs where, look, revenue, uh, I don't have anything to do with revenue. What I do can impact revenue, but it's not a number I can own by myself. And that's the perception of people. So humanizing KPIs, empowering, what's your take on that one? Um, first of all, to me, KPIs, um, and this is a concept that I, that I created a few years ago, um, people think as KPIs as one thing that it's it's an acronym, but it's not. Um, a KPI, which is a key performance indicator, is only the numeric representation of human behavior. May I give you a different one? What a lot of people yes. told me, a KPI is not a key performance indicator, it's a key piss-off indicator. Of yes, <laughs> because it is actually um, because people who build those KPIs, they are not the ones who are um, in charge of delivering them. So um, this is the biggest mistake of larger companies today um, or companies that are growing fastly, which is putting KPIs on people that don't understand KPIs yet. Um, and you're mentioning um, leadership that goes through goals and revenue. If the thing, the thing that they think the most is revenue and not the values of the company, that person should not be there. Because the only thing that I always tell my high-level executives is a KPI is only um, a gain to the company when it sweats our values, when we need, when we use our values to accomplish them, to get to them. Because with that, you can make recurrency because you're actually delivering to people during the entire deliverable chain since they become leads until the time that they decide to leave because that tool or that service is no longer available are no longer enough for them, but they go and they understand that the entire process was linear, happy, exciting, and that they got what they paid for. That is a good relationship with the client. Yeah. That's customer-centric. Yeah. Now, what I always say is that, that people don't leave the company because of um, their job. They leave the company because of their leader. Absolutely. And that's also a massive signal uh, uh, you, you'll see within organizations that if you have a high overflow, uh, uh, this is an anecdote. I was talking to a company a few weeks ago 
here in Barcelona, uh, they they asked me to deliver a service to investigate the the turnover of their service uh, organization. And the service organization was a combination between sales and customer services, inbound, outbound. Uh, they had some lead qualification in between. Um, and I talked to that leader and he said to me, look, I've got, I need to hire so many people uh, because people are changing. People are moving, moving around. The Barcelona region is a region where there's a lot of work for uh, multilingual international people. They get better jobs elsewhere and they leave. And that, that, that's giving me a headache. I said, well, why is it giving you a headache? Because you're telling me that your team members are leaving your organization. May I ask you a question? Are they leaving the organization or are they leaving you? Effectively. Because people, um, money is important. Huh? We have to pay our bills. We have to whatever. But if you love what you do and you love the place you are in, you don't leave. I spent ages within organizations who never gave me a promotion at the end of the year because there was always a reason not to, but I had so much fun. I could grow, I could, I could excel. I had the opportunity to, to make my own decisions and that was really cool. So I stayed. Now we're looking uh, 20 years later uh, and my feeling is that that humanization, that, 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 that purpose behind uh, a team. And we're talking about value proposition because that's one of the methods you can get towards uh, uh, building that team. Um, but a humanization is missing, is lacking. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, especially because people, um, humanizing the workforce um, and high-level executives are also the workforce a CEO is also the workforce. We tend to forget about those things. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm the CEO and I work as hard as my my analysts. Um, that's the thing. Um, we tend to forget that people are human, that they live their lives. Um, 10 years ago, people were talking about, um, we need to understand that people have their own personal lives. Of course they do. Of course, they need to have personal lives because if they don't, um, they're going to have a breakdown. <laughs> People need to feel joy. Um, but a few things that I always say to my teams, and this is, um, those are really something that you can can apply on your daily routine um, as a leader, anyone that are listening to us, uh, that's listening to us, um, is that I always tell, uh, the first thing is that when I go for a one-on-one -on -one session with an executive and um, or a feedback. Sometimes it's not a good feedback. The first thing that I always um, ask them is, how are you? How is your life? Um, I want to have you completely. You need to have a full life. I don't want you to spread into two people. You can have your personal life here. And if you want to, you can bring something good that you learn from your job to your personal life. Organization, value proposition, that's something that you can actually um, put into a relationship, including a romantic relationship, value proposition, what are you really delivering, um, understanding yeah. the other one's needs. Um, this is something that we need to, to do because it's on our job description, but we don't have a personal description. <laughs> <laughs> so, who are you besides your CV? 
Um, yeah. This is something that I always ask myself and the people that I work with. Um, um, because the first thing that I need to understand is how, how is my team? How, how are they all? Um, yeah. Because I, as, as in my current role, um, I need to envision, I need to inspire people. I need to see the agency in two, three, five years. Um, and they are so booked with a lot of things that they need to do, um, tactical and strategical, sometimes operational, um, that I need them to pass to the team my vision, our vision, because it's also mm -hmm. their vision. Um, so they are like messengers that are bringing things from the analysts, the coordinators, and mm -hmm. I'm bringing them visions on the market. Um, and so they can understand and translate this message mm -hmm. in, a, in the right way. Um, mm -hmm. They need to be well, they need to feel well, and they need yeah. to feel like they can bring their dogs to their video calls. Um, their children can yeah. join us in a video call if needed because it's their lives. Everybody's working remotely. Um, you need to understand that the world is changing. Um, and when someone feels like they are part of something, that they belong, like you just mentioned, they don't leave something that they feel like they are part of. Because sure. it's family. Yeah. yeah. It's family. Well, that's, uh, that's something I really uh, like about living in the southern part of Europe. Uh, I come from the northern part of Europe. And family at work is not family at work. Now you have work and you have your family. Uh, but I have been working always in international uh, teams and international environments. And what I've noticed is that people who come as expats to, to the country, they work for your company, their work is also a bit of family. Uh, yeah. So that, that creation of that family, uh, you can also do in, in, in a bit of larger businesses. Um, the northern part of Europe, we tend to see work. Uh, not, I'm not generalizing, by the way, people. So uh, don't uh, don't shoot me off when I'm uh, pushing this in. But you see a, a tendency that workers work, and workers there to earn the money. There are people who are passionate. They work uh, like me, 24/7, uh, uh, and they do anything in their power, and maybe lose themselves actually in work, right? because there's also, I think, a role of a leader to protect people of not doing that, to finding the right balance. Um, while in the south. It's it's the, the 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 family part which is really important. I think that's a, a vibe I want to share with the people in northern part of Europe. Uh, Gabriel is also uh, certainly a guy who, who's focused on that. Is how do you keep your team together? How do you keep that vibe? We talked about value propositions. That's basically how do you keep adding value? And if that's in your mindset, you you will be creative in doing that. But the other part is also the family part, which is really really important. Yeah, it is. Um, and um, family is not only blood related. Um, and that's, that's when the magic happens. Um, I've, I've been working in this industry for so long now. And a few of my best friends, my closest friends, um, are people I've worked with. Because again, you spend, you not spend, you invest eight hours of your day at least with those people so you need to build a relationship with them you need to build a, a relation with them you need to rely on them um 
I always say that it's like at war. You're a soldier. You don't fight for your country. You fight for your brother. You fight for your exactly. the person who is next to you. Because with that, you create this gigantic power of nature that is the sense of belonging. We as human yeah. beings, we need to feel like we belong. Um, and, and startups are so great at that because they sell a value proposition when um, when you join the company. So that relies on HR. And that's why HR in the last um, decade became so strategical and like the right arm and the right side of the brain of any CEO um, mm -hmm. because it is about people. It's always about people. You make great decisions through data. Yeah, but data is human yeah. behavior. Um, so you need to humanize data. You need to humanize the, the strategy. Um, and and so again, most of the people, um, most of my friends today, um, we are related because we worked together at some point in our careers because we yeah. have so much in common and we yeah. know how to work um, as a team. I'm also an angel investor. Um, I've been investing in companies for over seven years now. And the first thing that I do when I look into a company is how their first employees or their founders relate. Because I invest on teams. I don't invest on companies. I invest on teams because I already saw teams that developed one product that didn't work out once, twice, third time was a charm because they stuck together, because they know that they can do things together. And, and that's beautiful because when you develop that kind of human connection and you can, I always say sweat because it needs, it needs to be something physical. You need to feel it in mm -hmm. your body. Um, you sweat the values of the company and the values are, why are you doing business with me? Why do you trust me? to solve a yep. pain that you maybe don't know that you have, mm -hmm. uh, that's connection. So you're bringing human connection. Since the CEO, the entire de deliverable yeah. chain in the market. And yep. that sets the bar really, really, really high. The first thing that we see at Tractor every single week is how our clients are feeling about us our NPS, our level of satisfaction. And if mm -hmm. it go below 89%, I see a problem. Because yeah. I'm yeah. not delivering the value proposition that I'm proposing to, to deliver. And that's that's important. You need to leave yeah. that way if yeah. you want to have a success, successful company. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm fully, uh, fully aligned with you. And I think that a lot of executives and especially the ones also in our network, uh, they can learn from this. Uh, it's 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 like leading a company with all the pressure you have. And I know the pressure. I've been under pressure from equities and from uh, investors who needed us to hit a certain number. Uh, I had to, I've done a lot of re-engineering, but that human factor, that human factor, always has been so important. Uh, even funny, there's a last anecdote I'm going to put on this topic. I did a few transformations where, uh, and one was actually a quite big one. And it wasn't a transformation, it was actually a re-engineering 
organization was not doing, uh, not performing like they should. A lot of external people were gotten, uh, were brought in to help sales, help operations, cost cutting, changes, etc. And it was actually a quite horrible situation for the people because they didn't understand. We were doing fine. We were doing our best. But your best is not enough for those those uh, uh, for hitting the number. And uh, it was a painful journey. However, if I then look at the positivity I got from the people I had to re-engineer as a person, that they came back to me and said, look, Raheem, we understand. Uh, it was not about me. It was not about me that we had to make these choices. And you took care of us. You helped us with the next steps. You helped us with... Um, and that's that's what I call humanization. You can, as an organization, you sometimes have to make difficult decisions uh, that could be positive or negative. But as long as you continually focus on, 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 on delivering value, value to your clients, value to your internal customers, value to your colleagues who may ultimately uh, become friends, it's really important to keep that in mind. And I think on, on a bombshell on this one is, uh, one thing I would like to share, and I'm going to ask Gabriel to share one, one, one key tip, is start looking at your KPIs, right? your key performance indicators, or your key piss-off indicators, whatever you want to call them, uh, within your organization. Um, uh, and start looking at how you can humanize the KPIs itself, instead of talking about a number, but talking about a satisfaction, talking about the... Uh, the, the the entrepreneurial things you see happening within your organizations. Because I think that the moment you do that, you start stimulating new ideas and new creativity, uh, you will get much more back on the longer term in respect to revenue, cost reduction, etc. If you get your people to really take ownership of uh, building that value within your organization. I'm going to ask you to give a top tip to end off with. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, I really liked yours, though. Um, my main tip is... I never said I'm going to make it easier. I never said I'm going to make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, every time you have the chance by being a high-level or a mid-level, mid-level executive, um, every time you have the chance to sit with one of your employees and actually help them to get their job done, see how they do things. Because you have one thing that they don't, you have the full context of the entire situation. You have the full transparency from the CEO, from the funds, from the VCs, from everything, mm -hmm. they don't. So every time you sit with them and you help them to get their job done, you're humanizing their work. And if they feel like their work is humanized, they start enjoying it even more because you're a part of their lives, not only as a leader, but as a friend. And now you're soldiers working together to a greater good. Love it. Great stuff, great stuff. <laughs> hey, uh, we're running out of time. Uh, as, as, as always with our Two Cent podcast, we tend to, to go over. Uh, so also uh, this time. Um, so, we're building this network amongst executives, senior leaders, and we are sharing a lot of information. I want to invite anyone who has a story to share or an opinion, and I like the opinion. I hate statistics, but I like opinions, which we can discuss. 
feel free to contact me and I will be happy to have a discussion with you to, to, to do a podcast. Um, Gabriel, I think you, you, you explained things really well. I really enjoyed it. I like uh, similar-minded people, although we are different and, and how we approach things. I, I, I actually learned a lot from you today and it was really nice doing this. Uh, if people want to contact you, because I think it's really important that we're building that network and uh, our objective is to connect people together. If people want to connect to you, want some information, want to brainstorm with you, how do they contact you? <laughs> great. Um, I really learned things from you too. It was a great podcast. I hope people enjoyed it. Um, guys, if you want to reach me out, um, just email me at colombo at goldtractor.com. Um, or find me on LinkedIn, Gabriel Colombo, CEO at Tractor. Tractor with a K. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Uh, and I think that people should certainly have enjoyed it. Um, we're going to shut down for, uh, for this week's uh, Two Cent podcast. I hope to see you and listen to you. Uh, I hope to have you listening back again in the next few weeks in the, in the new uh, editions. Thank you again, Gabriel. Uh, I really loved it. I really loved it too. And again, Tractor is a performance marketing agency, guys. Don't forget <laughs> about it. <laughs> of course, of course, of course, of course. And he can help you. <laughs> so we have the selling point too. No, guys, don't worry about it. But I, I, I must say, by the way, I, look, I know Tractor, but uh, I'm, an, uh, I'm a DJ. So I like to use Tractor software. It's a bit different than what he's doing. Uh, take a look at this profile because I think it will be interesting for a lot of you guys in how they are humanizing the the marketing and also the vision. So uh, if you want to connect with Gabriel, and now I'm going to really shut down. Um, go to LinkedIn. I'll put the notes. Uh, I'll put his LinkedIn address in the in the notes of the podcast. And I'm going to wish you guys a lovely morning, afternoon, evening, night, wherever you are. Enjoy uh, from Barcelona. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> ciao, ciao.